It's not just about mastering technology. It's not just about brand or messaging. It's not just about making more money. It's about showing up in a big way so your people can find you. This is about bringing your most wild and authentic self into the hustle and grind. Welcome to Tactical Magic, a business strategies podcast for the warrior goddess entrepreneur. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Tactical Magic. Thank you for being here. This is Molly Mandelberg, your host, and I have Demir Bentley here with me today. And I'm really excited because I met Demir at an event a while back, and he is a life hack master and actually supports people in hacking their own lives to be more productive, more successful, and just create greater states of ease in their lives. And I find that to be a really exciting topic because I'm all about working smarter, not harder, or getting to a place where I'm super efficient in my productivity. So Demir is a legendary productivity coach and the co-founder of The Life Hack Method. His coaching combines personal accountability with daily practice to unleash your best productivity every single day. His client list is riddled with high-profile names like Facebook, Google, Uber, PepsiCo, and Lexar. Before starting Lifehack Bootcamp, he worked at the highest levels of government, technology, and finance. His work has been featured in Forbes, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, and a ton of other media outlets. And a fun fact, Demir and his wife, Carrie, live a completely nomadic lifestyle, just like me, living for three months at a time in a different cities around the world. The last few years have seen them living on a boat in Croatia, the Basque country of Spain, a retreat in Bali and the islands of Hawaii. Right now, I believe he is in Medellin, Colombia, which is a beautiful city. I can see it through your window. I love Medellin. That's awesome. How are you, Demir? I'm super, super good. Thank you for that intro. It's like making my cheeks go red. Thank you. (laughs) That's a great bio. You've done some amazing stuff in your life. And my wife likes to say that even though I'm only 40, I've, I've lived like four lives. It's true. Like I, it's, it's hard to look back and be like, wow, how did all that happen? But I mean, that's the sign of a visionary, somebody who's so innovative that they innovate their life over and over again too. Well, I won't use the V word for myself, but if you insist, then I'll let you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I think also being nomadic, it makes it seem like you're having more lives inside of your life as well. That's how I, I've experienced it myself. I mean, we're going to get into talking about life hacking. I always tell people like a massive life hack is most people want to live older, but I always say like, actually nobody really wants to live older. Like you don't want to extend your life between like 80 and 120. What we really want to do is we want to feel like our youth is going longer and we're getting more out of our youth and there's nothing like travel to do that. I mean, there's a year that we went abroad as like a test year and we came back and a lot of our friends in LA, we w- they came to a party of ours and it was supposed to be our, we came back to LA party and people didn't even know that we'd gone a whole year. We've been gone. We, and, and that year to us felt like three years. It felt yeah. like so long. We've been to, it, it just felt like the longest year. And they came back and they're like, where you been buddy? Haven't seen you in a while. I'm like, dude, I left. Like I've been gone. I don't live in this town anymore. And that's like when we're in that groove often, um, you know, I I could get into the cognitive neuroscience of it, but basically when we're in the same groove all the time, actually time goes faster. And when we're in new grooves and we're out of our comfort zone, time goes slower. So if you want to live longer, do different stuff. Yeah. Do different stuff. Would you get into the neuro nerdiness about it for a second? 
Yeah, so, so the brain is basically optimized to take, uh, to conserve energy. And a lot of people don't realize how much energy our brain takes up. Um, I'm, I, I'm gonna get this wrong. Sorry for the people who check this on Google and see that it's instantly wrong. But it's like 30, 40% of our calories go to our brain. I mean, a vast amount of the energy that we have to keep going. And so, you know, the brain is constantly trying to conserve and find shortcuts so that we can survive on less energy. And one of the shortcuts it takes is if you're in the same, I call it maze, like a rat in a maze, but our maze is I, I go from my house to my work and then from my work to my kids' school and then from my kids' school back. We get into this maze and we run the same route in the maze all the time. So what your brain does is start taking, taking shortcuts. Have you ever, um, Molly, been taking a drive home? Yeah, and, and it's like an hour long drive. Yeah. But you literally wake up in your home like, oh my God, this is terrifying because I was not thinking about driving for one second of that yeah. hour long drive. Um, you're just on autopilot. And that is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, totally. I'm taking an, a, a neurolinguistic programming course right now and they talk about deletion and how that's just the way the mind works where you don't see the extra the in the sentence or you don't see the route that you've taken a thousand times. And that doesn't happen when you're like, I am like you are on the road full time or nomadically living because everywhere you're going is a new experience. And it's almost like it demands your brain to be present. And that means time and space fills up in a different way. But I love that I'm you brought it down that way. I never thought about that. It's, it's not something you have to like squint and look at. When you travel, just take a year that you're traveling and a year that you're at home. This year, we've been mostly in our new house in Medellin because we had a baby and we had to re renovate and I can feel it. It is tangible. This year feels like it went poof. And most years feel like it was like, oh, wow, it's, we did so much this year. And this year feels like it just sort of evaporated on us. So it's a very tangible feeling. Yeah. So can you tell us just briefly how you decided to start living nomadically and how the business, this life hacking business got started? Yeah. You know, like many people, I'm, I was the opposite of who I am today, like 10 years ago. Do you know those smokers who like are like, I'll never give up smoking. And then they do. And they're the most rabid anti-smoker yeah. ever. <laughs> then, they're, then they're like, oh, I can't believe you're smoking. You know, they, they go around and now evangelize to everybody about not smoking. That's me. I used to be the opposite of who I am today. So if today I'm, a, I'm an advocate for working less and being more effective and enjoying your life, like I was the opposite of that. I was Mr. Like bragging about working 90 hours in finance. And I would talk to my friends about like, oh no, I suffer more. I work more. No. And they would say, no, I suffer more. And we would just like, you know, shine our little badges, our little merit badges of like, oh, I'm working more. No, I'm working more. Oh my God, I'm so busy. I couldn't possibly. And so this is the life that, that I lived and that's how I identified. And, um, and even though it was sick and I was miserable and I was physically sick and spiritually sick, um, I was, uh, I, I found a perverse pleasure in it all. Like I can, I can work harder than anybody else. And then my body just gave out and I, and I, without getting too deep into the story because it is a little bit TMI. Um, but like I got a condition where my doctor was like, you need to stop working this much or you will carry a colostomy bag around with you for the rest of your life. So that was a real wake up call for me. Um, and there was a real, um, it's easy for me to just say, Oh, and then I changed, but like anything to go from one thing to another meant like, like my heart was basically broken and my whole identity and ego was ripped apart because I identified with being that finance guy who worked those 80 hours and 90 hours a week. And um, I was more hardcore than anybody else. 
And when I had to figure out how to do all that work, 90 hours a week in less than 40, you know, I had to change so much about me, not just my tactics, but also how I identified about my relationship to work. Um, and so, uh, you know, long story short, I ended up going within two months from working 80 hours a week to two hours a week. That was a 40 X reduction in my week. And it was sort of what I call my office space moment where like I stopped worrying if I was going to get fired and I started doing crazy stuff. I mean, even stuff that was like, you know, like risky. I took, I, I engaged in high risk behavior. Um, and if you're wondering what that might be, I'm sure people are like, well, what was that? <laughs> I, I started outsourcing my job to people outside of my company. I hired three guys in India to basically do 99% of my job. That was definitely not allowed. Mm-hmm. Like, that was definitely not something my company would have uh, kept me on if they, if they found out about that. But I was just, I was, I was over it. I was through, I'd hit that wall. And so after that, like that smoker who goes from being like, I'll never quit smoking to like, Oh, I can't believe you're smoking. I became that person who just evangelized to other people about like, you could live your life in an easier way. Life could be better. You could solve this problem in an easier way. And I just became that person who was banging the pots and pans out in the street trying to get everybody to like listen about how much like better life could be. And, um, and so eventually, you know, through a series of events, I became this coach, this productivity and lifestyle design coach. Awesome. You had to do it for yourself and that made it easy to say, this is possible. I love it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm an obsessive. So whenever I get into anything, I get in all the way. Just dive in first. Yeah. I love that. I'm that way with many things as well. So uh, life hacking, which most people will have seen life hack is the name of this episode. I've just decided that's what it's going to be called. Um, there are some preconceived notions about it, which we were talking about before we hit record today. And some people are thinking, okay, MacGyver, you mentioned toilet paper rolls and paper clips and you know, how can we hack our lives to be better? Would you give us some distinctions about what we actually mean today by life hack? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not often, you know, if you go to lifehacker.com or something, they'll show you how to take your old toilet paper rolls and use them in clever ways to store your (laughs) cables. And that's not what I'm talking about. Right. However, at the core of what we understand a life hack to be is a clever way of looking at a situation, a clever way of solving a, a problem. I think as currently defined, it's so small. Like, what do I do with all these old paper rolls? But if you expand that to your whole life, then life hacking is really, are you living your life in the cleverest, most elegant way possible? And if you look at your life as a Tetris game, are you fitting the pieces in, in the optimal, coolest way, not just to get more work done, because there's a reason we're not called work hack bootcamp, We, we call ourselves life hack bootcamp, but to live a better life. Are you solving the problem of how you work and how you live in such a way as that you can be a better person and have more time for exercise and meditation and be a better mom and a better dad? Um, funny sort of side note is we have a ban on tech CEOs taking my course. I will not let tech CEOs take my course. Why is that? And the reason is because you'll take somebody who's working 80 hours a week and I'll show them how to get all of that work done in 40 hours. Guess what would they do with the extra 40 hours? Work 40 hours more. They just work more. It's a complete Sisyphus task and it's totally against what I stand for, which is take that 40 hours and be a better human being. Go live your life. Go interact with people. So I'm not here to help people who just like have a sick desire to work more and more. I don't want to work with those people. I want to work with the people who want to get a huge impact, but then also make time 
to live an elegant life. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of that because freedom, I think freedom is really the core of what I think most people who follow me desire. And that's why we set up the backend systems to automate our businesses in a better way. That's why we set up the content and the copy so that people can get to know us automatically without actually getting on the phone with us all the time um, or having to get on the phone with us to get to know us. We want them to get to know us before they get on the phone with us and to set up all these systems and put them in place. That's so you can actually live your life and have the freedom you desired when you became an entrepreneur in the first place of actually traveling and living in foreign countries or of spending more time with your family or of you know, getting the coronavirus and your business doesn't die because of it, because your business is still running in the background all the time. Um, and, you know, for me, that looks like I'm going to go spend a month on the beach or I want to go fly to Europe with my mom for a writing retreat for a few weeks. And for other people, it means you can have a child and your business is still alive and sustaining. So um, what are some of the ways, I mean, will you let us into the world of your life hack mastery stuff yeah. and Give us just a few little ideas of, you know, where do we, people get started on this journey? Yeah, I mean, so there's, there's I, I think that this can exist. I think about life hacking as a level of inquiry. It's, you can apply that level of inquiry to very specific problems in your life. Like, hey, how do I pay my taxes? Like, how do I, how do, I do everything in my life such that it's going to become easier the next that I do it? So, okay, I'm going to do my taxes this year, but I'm going to do one thing that's going to make it easier next year so that when I do my taxes next year, I call that passing the baton, where you're passing the baton to your future self and saying, okay, um, a, another way to put that elegantly is everything I touch gets improved every single day. If you just said, hey, every single time, here's a good example. I have a checklist. I'm almost ashamed to show it to you. I have a checklist for getting out the door with our dog and our baby, right? It's, and you always think, oh, I don't need a checklist for that. It's only four or five things. But when you actually write it out, there's 22 discrete steps that need to oh happen my. for me and the baby and my wife and the dog to get out the door, right? Get the doggy bags. Do you have the leash? Like all this stuff. And so every once in a while, I'll find one extra thing where I'm like, oh, I didn't consider that. And I'll add it. So what I'm doing is I'm going through life, but I'm going through life in such a way as I'm trying to make everything 1% better. But when you add compounding to that, it becomes 1% to the 1% to the 1%. It, it, it actually, by the time six months or 12 months comes around, you start to see, you start to receive the baton on the other end. And you're like, oh, thank you, Demir from the past. That was amazing that you just tweaked that just a little bit. So there's that level of inquiry of just having an intention every single day of making everything you touch a little bit better. And if you zoom to the macro level, it really becomes about, you know, am I looking at my life um, through, am I stress testing my views of my life? And am I living inside of conventional wisdom or some kind of comfort zone or a bubble? Or am I willing to introduce other thoughts or ways of working or ways of living that might right now to my conventional mind feel like, oh, I can never possibly. But then when you stop fanning yourself and clutching your pearls, you're like, you know, actually that would be really amazing. And I'll just give you a quick example. When Carrie and I decided to, to, to move abroad, we sort of put everything on the table and we said, hey, listen, you know, if we can live this lifestyle where we don't have to do our laundry, we don't have to clean for ourselves or do our own cooking, where would we be able to move? Where would we be willing to move in order to live that lifestyle? 
And we, instead of saying, oh, I could never possibly live in a city other than LA, San Francisco, or New York, we started to say like, hey man, I will live in Memphis, Tennessee, or even the town outside of Memphis, Tennessee, if I don't have to do my own laundry, I don't have to feed myself, right? So we started to make ourselves out of these like, sort of like fanning moments where I could never possibly, I got the other, the other day, I talked to a woman who said, well, I've got a dog, so I can't live abroad. I'm like, you know, this is a solvable problem, right? Like you can take your dog abroad, right? So, so on the macro level, it's about looking at your life in a different way. Yeah. I love that. So what are some of the like amazing things that you've seen through people who have, I know you've been doing this for a, a little while. What are some of the transformations that have occurred through Oof. people life hacking their worlds with you? I mean, I'll, I'll give you a couple, like uh, some grandiose ones, but I'll start with the simple one. I had um, a woman who was working, she, she was one of my clients and then we brought her on to work for me part-time. And um, we did a, a segment in our Life Hack Tribe, which is our monthly membership, about geo-arbitrage. Geo-arbitrage is simply the idea of thinking about how where you locate yourself in space really has a big factor on how much money you have to spend for something or you have to pay. Um, a good example is people walking across the border to Tijuana and getting prescriptions that they'd have to pay thousands of dollars for here. That's geo-arbitrage. I walk across, my take my body across this border, and all of a sudden I'm paying way less in my prescriptions. Simple example. Cheaper so tacos. she realized that she, oh, sorry, go ahead. Cheaper tacos too. And the tacos are amazing. <laughs> um, so she realized that she was living in Oregon right next to the border of Washington. And I'm probably going to get this wrong, but one of those states had high personal income tax, but no sales tax. And the other had the opposite. They had no personal tax, but a high sales tax. So what she did was she moved across the border with her husband. They sold her house. They moved right across the border. And so now they live in the no sales tax, no personal tax state, but they drive across the border to get all of their groceries and their Costco runs on the other side. And so her life isn't actually that much different than it was before. She still goes to the same church. She still hangs out with the same people. But by simply pulling that really clever move off, she's saving like something like $20,000 a year in the taxes that she's paying. So yeah. it's just one of those things where it's, I thought that was one of our smaller examples, but I love it because it makes you realize that it doesn't have to be this, I just made, I just made a million dollars type of thing. Like you, there's so many opportunities for us today to look at the puzzle of our life, the Rubik's cube of our life and say, I wonder if I could solve it in a slightly better way. Yeah. I'm looking at that right now because I travel full time and there's really no reason to, cause I, I, my business is based in Oregon, even though I'm running it from the road, wherever I am, that there, that personal tax, I don't need to be paying that. I could have my business living in Nevada or in Washington state or in Texas and not be paying personal tax and just be paying or not be paying state taxes, just be paying federal taxes. And that's a puzzle I just need to solve and follow through with. And my future self would definitely thank me for that. <laughs> right? Thank me for that. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I mean, as, as an example of something a little bit more um, explosive, uh, and we do have a lot of those examples, because when you think about it, when you decide to get productive and win your weeks and just get generally more organized, you just there's really nothing you can't do. I mean, most people don't feel like they're incapable of achieving huge results. They just feel sometimes that they're sabotaging themselves. So they're moving really slow. Um, so when we get people insanely productive, it is sort of amazing 
what they can do. So for a, a good example is I had a woman who came into me and she had a mutiny in her business, meaning like one woman was sort of this poisonous, toxic personality and like sort of got all of her other eight employees like, oh yeah, she is terrible, right? And, and so she fired that woman and that woman convinced all the other people to quit at the same time. So she just had this like, I mean, really the worst thing that can happen in your business, right? Like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? And she was in my boot camp at that time. And I said, like, listen, there's an opportunity here for you to do what you should have done in the first place, to create your systems in the back end, to create your SOPs so that you don't have this kind of bandwidth. There's also an opportunity to clear the slate and start over. So fast forward a year later, within two months, she had all of her new staff, all of the, I say two months, a lot of times people don't believe that. But the funny thing is within two weeks, she'd done most of the SOPs she needed. Why? because we can do miraculous things when the fire is under our butt. True. And she had the fire, right? And so she did what she'd been putting off for two years in like two manic weeks. She hired a bunch of people. They finally had SOPs. Within six months, she was in a place where it was so much better than what she was before, both from a revenue perspective. But here's the kicker. Now, she literally was tied to her business. She could not leave. She was the primary veterinarian. It was all based on her. She was answering phones. She was calling people back. It was like she was going nuts. Now she started a side safari business. Get this. So she owns the vet. She hired another vet to do a lot of the work while she's gone. And she spends three to four months a year leading tours on safari in South Africa. And that's 12 months later. So she went from, I can't, I don't know, I can't possibly do anything to, oh, that business is running itself. Now I'm starting this other dream life business. And that's what I'm in it for. Like, like that is such a perfect encapsulation of somebody escaping the drudgery and the craziness and the, and the gravity of all the work they're doing and then using that as a launch pad to really live this full, beautiful existence. Yeah, where dream lives come true. Don't just go on safari, have safaris. <laughs> she gets paid. Yeah. To, to go, go on safaris for four, four months out of the year. I mean, it's just like, it's wild. Mind blowing. Brilliant. I love it. Um, so how does somebody know that they're right for life hacking themselves? I mean, there's a big difference between saying you should work with me or a coach like me. And I think everybody's right to conceptually think about their life in this way. Right. I always like to say you and I, Molly might not be NBA superstars, but we have a game. What's our game? Our game is our work. That's our game. That's our sport, right? And so many people don't really try to get better at their sport. They just sort of, well, I'm getting by. You know, they get by, they coast on talent, but they're, they're not intentionally saying, you know, uh, here's a good small example. Most people don't know what their email does. They're using 5% of the features of, what they're, of, of Microsoft Office or Gmail. And they just sort of, well, I can get by on the 5% of features I know. Well, if you invested 15 minutes to do a tutorial on YouTube, you would know 80% of the features. And those might really help you get more work done in less time, right? I mean, it's the smallest example of just making a little bit of effort to improve your game rather than just coasting by on what you know and talent or, or worse yet, making life force you to improve. I'll only improve if life forces me right. if to I, improve. If my health is declining or if my staff all quit, then I'll show up for me and actually try. Yeah, exactly. But what if we just put in like, I don't know, five or 20 minutes a day, you know, or right. an hour a week to just polish up our game and get a little bit better every single week. What we'd find is 
um, that the juice is really, really worth the squeeze. So I would say everybody who gives a, you know what, about their life and their business should be life hacking on some level because life hacking is just making everything 1% better every single time you touch it and solving the Rubik's cube of your life in a clever and clever way every single day. I think then the question becomes, am I willing to put, you know, even one, invest $1 into a program, a book, a teacher to actually help me get this better. And I think once you, once you actually decide, okay, I'm going to invest in this. I think a good way to think about that is, is this going to get me a 10 X return in my life? Right? So for example, we have a $50 monthly membership. It's like a gym for your productivity where we help people pre-plan their month and their week and we teach them new stuff every, then I would ask somebody, okay, like, do you think you can turn this into $500 more in your business by having better systems and getting more productive? And if you can't, then maybe that is a good threshold to say, mm, maybe it's not right for me to be investing in myself or investing in the coach. And kudos, you know, if you can get what you need or if there's not a good return to invest in a program, like, then don't, you know. But if there is, I just worked with a woman who she, she was that close to this like new like uh, level in her organization, she said, if I click above this level, I'm making $6,000 more a month. So she's like, of course I'll pay you. There's my advanced program. She's like, of course I'll pay you $5,000 because all I need to do is just click above that one level and I'll be getting paid so much more. So mm -hmm. I think, I hope that gives like a framework of like, hey, how do you think about, everybody should be playing this game themselves, but how do you think about actually starting to leverage a coach or a program? Then you want to be thinking about 10X ROI. Yeah. Is, are these habits and is this kind of accountability and support actually going to change how you're able to A, live your life and B, make money? And if you're even increasing, like for a lot of the people listening, there might be coaches or healers or holistic practitioners that if, or speakers, if you can get one more gig a month, or if you can get two more sessions on your book a month, or if you can get one more monthly recurring client a month, that would pay for that would be the 10x version of paying a $50 a month membership to do something like this. But I also just want to go back to that uh, reference you made, which is becoming Michael Jordan or being the NBA star. You're not even playing in the NBA because there's no one who can compete with you on the Rubik's Cube of your life. The puzzle you're solving and the game you're mastering is your game. There is no competition there. It's do you want to improve and be the all-star of your own life and your single game or not? Or do you want yeah. to keep like putting the work in and like you said earlier, like playing that game with your friends where who can whine and suffer the most that isn't actually fun. Like I get that it's like this camaraderie thing and sometimes we only have friends who we can commiserate in the misery with, but it's so much more fun to just live your life in a place of like function and, and like brilliance and like master that Rubik's cube. Um, I'm, and it's, I'm, there is no point you get to, you just get to keep becoming Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan more and, you know, Oprah. Or it's funny that you talked about friends because it, not intentionally, but a lot of the friends that I had 10 years ago, I don't, it's not like we're enemies, but we're not hanging out anymore. And part of the reason is 
we don't have anything in common anymore. I hang out with people who are going out and creating things in life and living an amazing, beautiful lifestyle. And whenever I get on the phone with my old friends and, and they say, oh, how are you? I say, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, too bad. How are you doing? Man, life is great. I've got a nanny for my kid. You know, we're just chilling. Like, we got a live-in maid. And people are like, I mean, basically, they're like, screw you. I don't, I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> they don't want to hear it. You know, they want to stay in that place. So you really will actually attract those people towards you who are living on that level. Or you, the, the opposite is true. You can attract those complainers and get yourself stuck in that sort of complainer space. And the beauty is if you do love those people and you do really want to keep them, you being willing to go first and life hack mm -hmm. your life and rock at it could be the inspiration for your entire circle of influence to go up a notch and actually have more joy and more freedom and more ease and more brilliance in their lives. So be willing to so go true. first. Yeah. So there's two things you just sort of alluded to that I want to make sure people know about, and we're going to give them the link in a moment, but there's first off a free PDF. If you want to know more about yeah. and Carrie, his beautiful wife um, and their work, what's that one called again? So, so that's, that's our morning and evening routines. Um, sort of hack. And, and it's just a great way to get kicked off because most people are aware about the need to have a really good morning routine. So it's a good entry point for people because they're already aware of it and they, they know they need to buff up on their morning and evening routine. So we're just going to give that away to you guys free so you can check that out and get some acceleration right now and just feel that immediate boost of like, because there really is an immediate boost from planning your morning better, so right? Much. And just being, yeah. coming out of your morning. So there's really, that is the smallest thing you can do to get the biggest acceleration. Um, you know, for people who check that out and, and, you know, some people are overachievers and they get a little taste and they're like, give me more, you know? Um, and I'll even say, I'll, I'll say one more thing, which is that we don't teach this to our kids in high school. We don't teach it to our kids in college. So if you're deficient in this, you know, I think we all sort of suffer silently and, and think that everybody else is doing great. But the truth is none of us were really taught how to be super productive. And so for some people, this is the missing link for them. If you are one of those people where you're like, dude, productivity and getting shit done, that is the missing link for me in my life, then you might want to check out our tribe. It's our $50 a month. You get coaching with me. You get a buddy. You get accountability. We teach you all of our productivity secrets. If that sounds like, hey, maybe that's for me, then we'll uh, do a $1 one-week trial. So you can just like get in, kick that's the tires, bad. make sure that we're not fakes and thoughts. sample. <laughs> a little taster. Yeah. And, uh, so, so I'll also extend that to your community as well if they want to jump in and see what we're about. That is so, so generous. Thank you so much. I definitely, I want to check it out. I feel like a very highly productive person and I'm a stickler about my SOP and my morning and evening routine. And I still think there's more to my Michael Jordan journey, you know, there's always another yeah. level. This, maybe this is a final thought then. I, I think our time's like coming through. Um, you know, I live my life it really is jumping off of what you just said. I live my life in this space where I, instead of saying, well, I can't see any other improvements, so they must not be there. I just flip that and say, there's a thousand ways that I can optimize my life and improve. I'm just not seeing it yet. And when you get curious and inquisitive about, hey, what if I, and this is a challenge to everybody listening. What if there were a thousand things, small, medium, and big, right in front of your eyes, about how you could optimize your life in a slightly better way to a hugely better way. And you're just not seeing it. If you lived your life like that for a month or two months, 
promise you what would happen is they would start to manifest right away for you. Small, medium, and large things that would just pop out just because you were assuming that they were there and welcoming them to come in. Totally. I love it. So we will give you guys that link. It's wildheartsriseup.com slash life hack. And you're going to, if you click over to there, you'll see um, both of those options. You can get the PDF or you can check out that $1 trial. Demir, thank you so much for A, choosing to live your life a different way and getting out of the finance world so you could help people with this awesome stuff and B, for showing up today and sharing some of your magic with us and with this community. So thank you so much. I hope you guys go and check out Demir and Carrie's life hack um, community. And are you guys on Instagram? Is there somewhere on social media that people could check you out? Yeah, so find us at lifehackbootcamp.com if you want to check our website. And we're at Demir and Carrie, that's D-E-M-I-R-A-N-D, Carrie, uh, on Instagram. So if you want to check out our Insta, Insta adventures, you can check us out there. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. If you're on iTunes, rate and review the show because that helps us out a lot. And we will see you next week. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Tactical Magic. To find out more, please visit our website, wildheartsriseup.com. Be sure to take a second and subscribe to the show and come back next week for another edition of Tactical Magic.